Welcome to the very first episode of AU Manufacturing Conversations with Brent Belitsky, a podcast for the AU Manufacturing website, newsletter, and community. We plan to bring you discussions with the men and women who are contributing to this part of the economy that we're all so passionate about, one that leads in its contribution to R&D spend, employs well over a million Australians, and is so important to have around, as we've all been reminded in recent years. We hope to capture something of the variety to manufacturing, its importance to the nation, its changing nature, and some of the personalities working within it. From the boutique to the billion dollar, if it's manufacturing and it's Australian, then it likely matters to us. For our first episode, our guest is Joe Murphy, the owner of EFC Manufacturing Co. We recently featured EFC for our Celebrating Australian Made series, sponsored by the Australian Made Campaign Limited. Joe runs an enduring company dating back to the 1970s, creating an artisanal product used to keep clothes and furniture tidy. It's a charming story, and we thought it was worth returning to for the pod. We hope you enjoy this very first episode. One tiny bit of errata. In this interview, we refer to the program as AU Manufacturing Yarns, which was a working title at the time. We've since updated the name. Hello, Joe. Um, Thank you for joining AU Manufacturing Yarns. Tell me a little bit about yourself, please. How did you get here and what do you make? Um, Hi, Brent. Thank you for having me. Uh, I make the um, Easy Fabric Home. It's been around for 40 plus years and it's a bit of an iconic brand in Australia, still manufactured here locally. And then then there's a um, second larger comb that I also manufacture as well. And I I have a fashion background, so I'm not really sure how I got here, but (laughs) uh, it's sort of related. I I was working in the fashion industry and I unfortunately got breast cancer. And then a month later, my mother was diagnosed with bowel cancer and um, it was all a bit grim for a little while because hers didn't look great. So I resigned. I had my surgery and then went back to work and then then mum got her diagnosis and I thought, no, I can't do this working, you know, which is sort of, was in a sort of a toxic job. So I resigned from there and we went through the process of um, surgery and so forth and both of us have, have had great outcomes five years later. So that's really good. But I needed something to do. I needed to keep my hand in something. So I thought that I would work from home and start a, a sort of an e-com fashion business. So I, one of my favourite products from many, many years ago was the Easy Comb. And I thought, oh, I'd love to stock that little, that little tool that I love and still have. So I got in touch with the manufacturer because I thought that I would want it in different colours. So that was sort of my first premise. Right. And then when I rang Rex McLeod, who was the previous owner for 40 years, he said it wasn't possible to have different colours and, and he, he, I was having a lovely chat to him on the phone. I thought, gee, wouldn't it be lovely to have an interview with him and, and put that onto the blog as well? So then I set up a time with him and, um, and actually my mother and I went together because I needed a camera person and not that she's experienced, but she was very keen to help me. Mm-hmm. So we went to interview him and he was such a lovely man. Very, He was 84. He's still, sorry, he's still here, but he was 84 back then. He had just been recently widowed. So he was very graciously had us in our, his home and we had a lovely interview and he told us about the, the easy combs and his experience with them and that because of his age and his circumstances, he was looking at either closing the business or selling it, which really surprised me. I, I was, you know, I just sort of thought, gee, 
you know, this little comb can't be, you know, the manufacturing can't stop. People need to know about this little comb. Mm-hmm. So um, I was quite surprised. But um, And I didn't think twice about it because I thought that I was heading down my path. And then when I got home, my husband said, why don't you buy it? And I thought, oh, jeepers, okay. So then we started the process and um, uh, and there we were. Right. We own, we own EasyCone, yeah. Yeah, and did did it take uh, much uh, convincing or many many conversations with the family and and loved ones and friends to to make, you know sort of convince you to take the plunge and do something that well you ha- you hadn't done before very few people have done before and um, owning a, a strange little comb business tell me tell me about <laughs> that please yeah um, no it didn't take much convincing really because I mean I didn't have any idea how much businesses cost and I really didn't know what was involved and how many machines that, that I really didn't know what it entailed, but we, but my husband's in, been in business for all his life and in the shoe industry. Mm-hmm. So he, he just said, you know, let's find out how much it is. And that was sort of a reasonable price. We went and had a chat to Rex and we thought, you know, well, he had full, my husband had full confidence in me. He said, of course you can run a business, you know, no problem. You'll be fine and I'll help you. Um, the back end, and um, so we just sort of plunged in. I thought, well, you know, it's always a way, isn't it, when you start something and you have, you know, you just have that sort of, oh, yes, I'll start a, um, I'll just change the marketing and introduce it to a new generation of people who don't know about it, and, and you think it's just sort of a simple premise, but actually when you're inside all of that, then you think, oh, my goodness, this is the whole world of learning social media, uh, building a, a website that sells um, sells the product online, Advertising on Facebook, Google, Pinterest, YouTube. It's just this enormous new world of technology and things that I had had nothing to do with and I had to learn very quickly. I do love learning, so fortunately I love the and then, you know, COVID hit, so that was a perfect time to to learn online and I just sort of plunged in really, which is sometimes the best way to do it, isn't it? Agreed. Sometimes if you think too deeply, uh, you'd realise how much is involved and you just, you, you probably wouldn't bother. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Yes. So, so tell me, you've owned EFC Manufacturing Co. for a bit over three years and you've told us a little bit about uh, Old Rex. Um, do you know, is much known about the uh, first owner of the company and the inventor of the Easy Comb? Yeah, I don't know a lot. I, I've only, um, you know, I've, my dealings with Rex, he's been become a bit of a mentor to me. So we, we catch up for lunch and he was very, the first year he was lovely holding my hand and we, we had lots and lots of conversations about the past. And um, he had given me some original drawings that seemed to have Clements, uh, H.I. Clements on them. Um, and when you look up H.I. Clements, they seem to be a... Uh, uh, that we were established in 1908, and they're, they're a medical equipment manufacturer. So I'm not really sure, Rex wasn't sure how it sort of happened, how it appeared, but I imagine that they were perhaps, you know, being an industrial manufacturer, they were trying lots of different products. And I don't, I don't, I don't mind, I don't know if, if I just imagined in my head that, that, you know, perhaps somebody's, someone in the family had mentioned to the, the person who worked at H.O. Clements, Geez, maybe you could make something at work that fixes the fuzzballs on my on my jumpers. That's what was in my head. So there was a little bit of artistic license on my website to explain <laughs> why, where it was invented. But I mean, it has to come from. Generally, it's a problem. And then if you know that person works at a manufacturing manufacturing company and they want to solve a problem, I'm imagining that's where where it started. 
So they, they invented the, the easy comb, the little easy comb, and then the wooden-handled easy comb. And I think that I, I imagine that they had a lot of different products and that, that perhaps the easy comb was a little bit off, off, um, off brand. So they <clears throat> sold that to Rex in the 1980s sometimes. So I think they only owned it for a few years. I think they had a patent on it which would have only lasted 20 years. Um, and then after that, the, the copies or the imitations seemed to flood the market. But that's as far as I know, medical equipment company. Right. Mm. Yeah, interesting. So um, tell me, please, you <clears throat> mentioned that you make two combs. Could you tell us a little, uh, a little further about uh, what each of those does and what they look like? And, yeah, something about the combs, please. Mm. The little easy comb, millions have sold, been sold worldwide because it's such a handy little... A uh, handheld tool. It's only a couple of inches high and sort of three inches wide. It's ergonomically designed, so it has a so it feels very comfortable in the hand. It has brass teeth uh, that are so it's a very soft brass that um, doesn't harm your knits when you comb your fuzz balls on your knits, your cashmere woolens. It doesn't. It just scrapes the, the fuzz balls off the, the surface of the knit, so it never harms the knit. So that's a handy little tool for seams in your uh, in your jump in your jumpers uh, and the cuffs, and the larger easy comb, which is a wooden handle, probably about five times the size of the little easy comb. Wooden handle, um, the brass teeth are about double or, or triple the size of the smaller one, and that's been sold to the dry cleaning industry for the last forty years. And when Rex showed it to me, I just thought there was enormous potential for that little comb to be in households. So that's what's been happening. And that's super handy <clears throat> for larger, chunkier knits. Sort of because it's so much bigger, you're able to cover the surface so much better and, and quick, much more quickly, as well as something quite unique. It takes the pet hair that can, you know, stray onto couches when dogs and cats sit next to you on the couch, our best friends. Yep. When they shed their hair, or all of that, if they've got textile furniture like woolens or linens or cotton-covered uh, couches and ottomans, upholstered bed heads, carpets, rugs, that can be used to quickly clean up. Uh, it really gets hold of the, the pet hair very easily. You can vacuum and you'll get a lot of the hair, but if you want to get the finer hair, you, the um, super easy comb is, is the, the most effective uh, handle uh, comb on the market it's much better than anything else so it's quite unique very good so um i understand that there's an interesting little supply chain uh team spread about mm -hmm. melbourne and elsewhere that uh, makes the magic happen uh tell me about uh, the team that brings it all together and uh contributes each uh, little part please yeah well a little easy comb in one factory in Brayside, our engineering company, they have the they hold the machinery that cuts the the brass teeth. So they make both. So there's a smaller size brass on the little one, and there's a double the size in the larger one. So that gets made in one factory, and then I pick them up and take the brass to. Um, let me see. Well, well, I put them together. The brass, I pick them up. The handles are made separately in Carum, and. They're made by a plastics manufacturer. Then they're taken to the our printer in Oakley. And then I get the two components. I pick those up from the printer and the brass, and I take them out to our lovely couple in Bonturna. And 
in their um, their garage. It, it, they they knock them together, and they'll never come apart. They're guaranteed for life, and they knock them together. Then, when they're finished with them, I take them, pick them up, and take them out to a packaging place out in Dandenong, and they package them up into a little uh, plastic blister and a card packaging, and that's ready to go for sale. And then the super easy comb is in the separate locations because the wooden handles are made from Australian pine and they're manufactured by a company in Sydney and they ship them down to me. Then um, I get the ferrules. There's a little uh, aluminium ferrule that sits around the, um, the the top of the wooden handle yep. and that's made somewhere else. I've lost that manufacturer. Unfortunately, he's closed down, so I need to find a new one. But then they're all put – so all those components then go out to our – Rob, our engineer, who puts together the handle, the ferrule. He has steel arms that are on that super easy comb and he gets those nickel plated so that they never rust. And then he attaches the two brass brass teeth elements to that super easy comb. It's an, there's an angled head so that he has another tool machine that angles the head and he puts it all together, drills a hole, puts the handles in and, and assembles them and then I pick them up bring them back here I brand them each individually with a wooden branding iron and then I package them up um, with some cardboard packaging to protect the teeth and sell them online or, or send them off to wholesale dry cleaning distributors or sell them on my um, on my e-com store all right and so you've uh, said uh, elsewhere that you're at um, volumes you'd call um, micro-manufacturing. What, what does that represent exactly in terms of numbers? Mm. Well, I think I um, appropriated the micro-manufacturing from something else because I looked up the, the uh, definition. I think it's, uh, it's the manufacturing of products in small quantities using small manufacturing facilities. So I think I'm actually micro-micro. <laughs> um, so it's even smaller than micro-manufacturing. But we do about 20,000 little easy combs a year and around three to 4,000 of the larger combs. I couldn't find the figures from where we where I bought the business because it's, it's, it's on paper and I just didn't have time to go back through and see where it started. But the, they were predominantly sold, the larger ones were predominantly sold to the dry cleaning industry, which is getting smaller, it is shrinking. So I'm glad that there's a market for into households that can keep that... Um, keep that selling because I think it's such an important tool. The little comb was sold to um, distrib we had distrib distributors buying both combs in Italy and America, um, but that slowed down too as our raw material prices have, have risen. I've had to have price increases. That That's starting to shrink as well. So it's predominantly an Australian market at this point. like to know uh, you've mentioned before uh, that no two products are exactly alike I personally find that quite charming is is there a, a special meaning in that for you uh, perhaps around the randomness of existing and everything that comes with it or am I maybe thinking a little too deeply about <laughs> what is just a comb no no I agree with you um, there, there's beauty in imperfection and um when something's put together by hand, you'll accept a certain amount of imperfection and, and that doesn't suit some people and that's okay, we're not for them. Um, other people 
like to see that something's been handmade. It, it, you know, the way that Rob bends each head will be slightly different to each one, you know, before it and after it. So I love that wabi-sabi um, idea that, that, that not everything's perfect. If you want something that's generic, you know, there's plenty of places on the supermarket shelf that, that everything's the same. Everything's, you know, shoved out the door at a factory somewhere overseas possibly. It's just not my thing, and I, I just love um, I love the stories, I love the history, I love I just think it's um, I mean I live in an old house that's 170 years old, so I love the stories within the the history of what's been before us. I just think it's really important, and I, I, it suits my personality, that's for sure. And uh, you uh, do you have any plans at the moment to go beyond the current uh, micro micro manufacturing status of the company? And um, if you did, how how would this happen? And would it mean replacing the original machinery that you're still working with? Mm, it's a good question. I certainly want to grow the business because I think it's such a special little tool, and it, it you know dovetails into the sort of sustainable era that we're entering into. I think people are thinking a lot more about what they buy, what they consume, what they throw away. Um, so it really dovetails into helping people make good decisions about investing in good quality products and then they're able to repair those products cheaply and affordably. So I definitely want to grow the business. I mean, back in the 80s, the Easy Comb was in every major department store and haberdashery store, David Jones, Kmart, Lincraft, Spotlight, uh, all of these big stores and I'd like to get them back into those large stores and, and their online shops as well. So I see the little easy comb going everywhere. I think there's no reason why it can't go to the top um, retailers around the world. I can't see, you know, Netta Porter is a massive online store that's based in England, uh, has the best of the best products. I can't see why easy comb can't sit amongst that because it has its history, It's it's got longevity it has a lifetime guarantee so to me i'm shooting for the stars the smaller the the smaller kind the larger kind sorry the super easy comb that's a little harder because it is hand assembled and there's only so much output that we can do we can really about 300 a month is is our maximum output at this point so if that really took off in the sustainable space um which i expect it to then i have to make decisions about how i increase uh, production so I don't know, but I'm prepared to grow it and I'll face that. I'll, I'll um, you know, face that when it happens. It's a good problem to have. And in terms of the machinery, all of the machinery and the tooling, there's probably six or seven machines. They are the original machines. So they're 40 plus years old. So I am worried about those. The brass that makes the teeth, that gets sharpened every few years, which has just happened. But again, if that happens, when it happens, then I'll then I'll face that decision. I, I definitely would like to replace it, and I would rely on my um, amazing suppliers, my manufacturers, uh, to help me. You know, sort of that this the manufacturing industry is so helpful, and they they really want to promote Australian made products. So I, I just know that there'll be people there who will help me make good decisions. But I haven't gotten to that point yet. Right now, I'm just building and rebuilding brand awareness and i hope to have that good problem down the track and uh, lastly is there something you'd like to plug while we have you on the line well yeah i'm hoping right now i'm trying the the easy comb has the little easy comb has always been a blue color prior to that i think it was brown for a few years but they changed it to the blue color 
and it's always been that colour because it's so expensive to buy the dye that, um, and you sort of have to run about 40,000 combs to make it worthwhile and, and there's no shelf life for the colours. So that's always been one colour. But pushing my suppliers a little bit harder, they, they've come up with um, other solutions. So there's a possibility that we're looking at um, and trying to develop a pink comb that uh, matches the BC, the Breast Cancer Network Australia a pink, um, which is a certain Pantone colour, and we're trying to match that and we're in partnership with them to manufacture the pink comb to raise money and raise awareness for uh, breast cancer and raise money for uh, research. So that's where we're hoping because we're, we've had quite a few tries to get the right pink and that's I've had some interest from large retailers that they'd like to support that. So I'm just hoping that we can get to the right colour that's something exciting that we're looking forward to right well that's something we'll be keeping an eye out for and um yeah that's about all we have time for so uh joe murphy thank you very much for joining us on au manufacturing yarns and you enjoy the rest of your day great thanks brent thanks so much no worries Thanks.